Two battles of 0-3 teams headlined this week's NFL for draft fans. Uh, did the Dolphins really score 70 points against Denver last week? We've got seven games chock full of prospects coming up on week five of college football. We're going to talk about all that and more coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosar, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 210 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 17 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. I think things are getting a little bit clearer here. We're almost 20% of the way through the college season. It's going by fast, and now we get into real some big conference play this week. So I'm excited to uh, talk about these games and break down some of these prospects. Yeah, I mean it's 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 getting kind of close. Uh, when, when do we switch over to uh, the actual NFL standings for our uh, mock drafting, Shane? When, when is, I, what's the official timeline on that? Yeah, I, th- I think I think my next one I'm doing it. I think it's time. Like I I you know after week one, I think it was my last mock. I'm like I can't do it yet. It's just kind of random, you know. But I think we'll start that. I mean, remember last year we had the Bengals drafted number one overall for a while. Like they made it to the AFC Championship, so you got to wait a little bit now. I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll pace up. I got a mock draft coming up Monday. I, I think I'm still going to use the reverse Super Bowl odds on mine this week, and then uh, then when Shane you drop, you're, you'll have a seven coming up what the week after that. So that's that's when we'll switch over. But uh, if you're watching live in the chat, you've got a question or a comment, please drop it in there. And we'll discuss it. If it's a question, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Uh, if you're coming across the channel for the first time, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button on there and. Uh, like the videos and uh, hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live each and every week. And if you are a, uh, also if you have uh, questions, you can send them to Twitter at Draft Countdown or you can uh, go to our Discord and uh, there's a link to our Discord on DraftCountdown.com, the top right corner of the search bar there. There's a link, click that. We always have good discussions, especially while there's games on Saturday and Sunday. A lot of good discussion in the, uh, in the Discord channel there. But uh, quickly, before we get into the main crux of the show tonight, a couple of uh, injuries and stuff to talk about, college football-wise at least, uh, and one NFL. I guess we'll talk about Nick Chubb first. Seems that uh, wasn't near as bad as uh, everybody thought, just a tear of the MCL. Is that right? Yeah, which was surprising. They said the, uh, the, the ACL you know, kind of bent and twisted but did not, did not tear it, which is crazy when you watch that clip. 
So good for him and good for the Cleveland Browns that he's not going to miss more than just this season, uh, I guess. Uh, college football, uh, Texas Tech quarterback uh, Tyler Shaw, Show Shog, uh, he's out for the year, right? Uh, already been kind of a bum start for Texas Tech. Everybody thought they might be a sleeper team in college football this year, and they're one and three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been been kind of a, a snake bitten program. They've had a lot of quarterback injuries the past couple years. Uh, Tyler Shock's a guy I really liked uh, years ago before he transferred there, even and just had you know, has the physical tools, but never has worked out. Uh, another big quarterback injury uh, announced today: Texas A&M's uh, younger quarterback Connor Wegman is out, but that means draft prospect Max Johnson is back in. Uh, is that good, bad, or indifferent, Shane? Uh, I mean, Connor Wegman's my number three quarterback in 2025, and I think May was making a strong push for the number two quarterback in the class. I mean, he's a legit NFL talent, so I think losing that to Max Johnson, who I, I think is a good college quarterback. I think he played well last week, and, uh, you know, his uh, dad is Brad Johnson, if you remember that name, uh, from Tampa Bay back in the day. So we'll see what he does. Yeah, and uh, not an injury per se, but uh, a tight end prospect. I think I know you at least, and we both kind of thought a little highly of uh, Michael Trigg from uh, Mississippi. Uh, no longer on the team, it appears. Yeah, it looks like he's leaving Mississippi. Uh, a guy that broke out as a freshman at USC with Jackson Dart, his current quarterback, um, and that was before Lincoln Riley went there. So they both transferred to Mississippi, try to kind of recreate that magic. Both and Trigg especially had a really down year last year, dealt with injuries, wasn't effective, came back this season and, and barely made a dent. So I don't know what the future holds, but the NFL looks like a far, far distance away from Michael Trigg at this point. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that happens. Uh, and also see, like, if he is indeed transferring, I mean, how will the NCAA – rule on him you know we, we've seen the highly publicized deal with uh tez johnson uh at north carolina so uh, tez walker i'm sorry uh at north carolina so we'll see how they you know if he does indeed end up transferring or enters in we'll, we'll see i guess with michael trigg um this was a week in the nfl a lot of uh a lot of just beat downs none more so than the miami dolphins Dropping seventy points on Denver, seventy to twenty. What is your reaction when you see that score go across? It's something. Something's different about this team, right? I mean, the NFL NFL defenses are NFL defenses. It's the most points a team scored since nineteen sixty six. Something's different about the Dolphins, and when you see the list of the the six fastest you know GPS uh, players in the NFL this year, they're all Dolphins. It's Tyreek Hill. Uh, Devon A. Chan, uh, saying that correctly, he, he corrected the pronunciation of his name that we've been calling him all year last year. Um, the rookie out of Texas A&M. I've been doing on... this for four years now, and he now decides <laughs> to correct everybody. Uh, so, you know, he was on there twice just for this past week, just for this game. So, uh, the speed of the Miami Dolphins, we always talk about speed in the NFL draft. I think it's the example of why teams want it. What I think is sets this whole thing apart for the Dolphins and their head coach, Mike McDaniel, and their GM there, Chris Greer. Mm -hmm. What they've done is 
they saw what Tua Tungavailoa was good at in college. They drafted him. Then they set up all the pieces around him to do what he does successfully. And this is a lesson that a lot of NFL teams should take heart and take heed in. Like, And that includes one of the teams we're about to talk about in just a second. Uh, but you basically, at Alabama, he basically had the 4 by 100 relay team at the wide receiver position. Miami has replicated that seemingly here with Hill, with um, Waddle, which who didn't even play this week, by the way. Right, wasn't even in the, the game. 70 point. And then with Achan <laughs> and Raheem Mostert, who were two of the fastest running backs in the league. And Jeff and Wilson, who's on IR, yeah, you know? Yeah, who's also <laughs> super fast. Super so fast. it's like you've surrounded them with these players and the, the other receivers they have as well. So you you take that t- the and build the talent around the quarterback and how he'll be successful. And then guess what? Nine times out of ten, you're going to be successful too. And Miami's starting to prove that here with their 3-0 start. And they're probably one of the best teams in the NFL right now, I would say, after three weeks. I mean, they're definitely top five. And I think you – Maybe top two, yeah, I think you can argue, with the 49ers. It's yeah. been – the uh, Dolphins just played out of their mind. So, I'm excited to see because they amped up that defense this year, even with some injuries. The defense is playing well. I think the Dolphins are going to be uh, a real contender. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some teams who are not contenders. <laughs> and they're both playing – they're all four – uh, this is wild, right? There's the, script, the, script, the NFL script is written script so is, well this year. I'm telling you, so well. But there's four 0-3 teams coming into week four uh, of the NFL, and they all play each other. The Carolina Panthers, uh, 0-3, playing the Minnesota Vikings, 0-3. The Chicago Bears, 0-3, play the Denver Broncos, 0-3. What's wild here, though, is if Chicago and Carolina both lose, that would mean the projected number one and two picks in the draft would both belong to Chicago Bears. And look, people got on us for, you know, at least me, I don't know about you, but for the, the preseason mock drafts because we took the Super Bowl odds and it was Arizona picking one and two because they had Houston's pick. But now maybe it's going to be a reality with Chicago. Uh, I think both both those teams are underdogs in, in their respective games. Um, so despite being at home, I think both of them are at home. What does that say about Chicago when you're a – home underdog to a team that just got 70 dropped on them. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it, there, there's no facet of the bears game right now that is working. Right. I mean, like the Broncos, they, they put up 20 points, but they could score. Um, their offense actually has been pretty decent special teams as well. They just have no defense. Like the bears have nothing right now. And it is, uh, it, it's a coaching job gone awry. I don't think Matt Everflus is going to make it. Maybe too much longer uh, right now. No, and 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 that's kind of what I was speaking to earlier, how the Dolphins have built their team around Tua Tungavailoa. The Bears are not playing to what the perceived strengths, I believe, of Justin Fields are. Do you, you agree? I, I agree with it. I think the commentary is definitely correct. Um, I mean, he's – I know week one he did not have a, a running play called for him you know, it's all scrambles, and that's mainly what it's been. It's like, what are you doing? You know, Lamar Jackson, this guy, after what you saw last year, at least changed the offense, which I thought they were doing. I thought that's what was going to happen. 
Um, and, and, you know, I love Justin Fields. I had him rated one of my top 25 quarterbacks ever. I went to Ohio State. Um, part of this on him, too. I mean, he has not gotten any better throwing the football or reading a defense. You can have the worst coach and offensive coordinator in the world, but, you know, you can make things happen, and he definitely is not. Um, so it's on him, too, and it, it sucks because I think it's going to be one of those players we look back on and say he's a bust, but – you know, could it have been different had he been drafted somewhere else? Would it have been different? Maybe. Carolina 0-3 as well. Bryce Young, three games into his career, has already missed a game because of injury, which I I can't remember. What, what, what is the injury he has? Is it an ankle? Yeah, he, he, was, he was back at practice today, so it, it seemed like it was fine. But, yeah, I thought it was like an ankle um Something like that. But that was a concern I think we all had was his frame and would he be able to hold up and, well, two games into his career, he's already missed a game. So that's not ideal. Minnesota may be a little surprising here at 0-3. Um, if I'm them right now, I'm just saying, screw it. We're done. Let's. I'm calling New York. Hey, what, what will you give me for cousins here? And let's just move on with life. I mean, that's nice, but you won't have a job after the year if you do that. So, you know, I mean, Kevin O'Connell might not make it through if you end up with the first overall pick. Whoever ends up with the first overall pick is probably getting fired. Let's be honest. Like, that's probably what's happening here. So, I don't think you can quite give unless up. It's, unless it's Denver, because I don't think they're going to fire Sean Payton. I, yeah, I, I guess they can't, can't get out of Payton. <laughs> but the Vikings last year won all those one-score games. Every game they've lost this year has been a one-score game. Um, They're just regressing to the mean, as they say. Yeah, it's it's just going the other way. Some of the luck. Yeah, so they're not as bad as they're not as bad. They're not zero three uh, as bad as it seems. Whereas Chicago is as bad yeah. as they seem at one three. They're not, but there's some as the Vikings secondary and offensive line, and like there's some bad parts of yeah. Minnesota too. So we'll see. Um, at least the Bengals aren't being discussed here at 0 and 3, so I can. Uh, You're it, close. It, You're close. It's close. But we don't have. I don't have that at least to hang my hat. But yeah. Other things, but not that. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's look back at Week Four of college football, and this, as we do every week, we uh, we talk about the the best prospects we watch from the games that we watched the week before, and. I feel like I had easy choices here for my offense and defensive players of the week this week. I'll start on offense, and it was uh, Cam Ward, the um, offense, the uh, quarterback for Washington State, just lit up Oregon State the other night, Shane, and it was uh, it was really fun to watch him go about his business against the Beavers the other night. But four hundred plus yards, I think he had like. 300 almost at halftime. I mean, it was it was a it was a wild game for for Ward out there, and he feels like he's coming to his own, and maybe he can actually become one of those you know uh, rise up the boards here and get you know get drafted maybe in the late part of day two. Yeah, he he's been impressive. You you want that type of athlete? I think a lot of us, myself especially, being you know a college fantasy football guy last year thought. He's going to step onto the field day one and, like, break out and be this dynamic quarterback. He wasn't, but we're seeing it this year. You need that year of development, and that's quite all right. Who was, uh, who was the best offensive player you watched this week? 
again, not a, not a big stat sheet uh, player. If you look at, you know, you look at the box score, uh, but since Brian, you've done a number of South Carolina guys, so I feel like I can sneak an Ohio State player in there. I'm going with tight end Cade Stover, uh, the fifth-year player for Ohio State. Kind of surprisingly went back to school, had seven catches in the game against Notre Dame for 52 yards. But he was Mr. You know, third down, you need that first down, get get the pass out to Cade Stover. He, he looked like a, you know, a Dalton Schultz type of tight end that just always knew his spacing, his placement, um, stick routes. You know, some of the things that I think some NFL teams really like, good blocker, uh, you know, helped spring some of the, the uh, near Travion Henderson touchdown in the game. Uh, so I, I think Kate Stover is one of those players that maybe we're overlooking a bit in the NFL draft that could, you know, like Jeremy Rucker, you know, oh, top 100, you know, why are you taking this guy? But a good two-way tight end like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I... – I can see that, and uh, Stover's not a name that I would. I, I think I have high on my tight end list. Maybe, uh, maybe I should have him a bit higher. We'll see. Uh, best defensive player I watched this week, I think, is a guy we thought would be more talked about uh, before this past week, but finally kind of broke through, and that's Dallas Turner, the uh, edge rusher from Alabama. Big game this week. Uh, you had talked about him possibly having a big game this week. Him and Braswell both, and they both did. Uh, for that matter, uh, combined three and a half sacks for the both of them, but but uh, Turner five tackles at three solos, two sacks, three and a half for loss, forced a fumble. Uh, really, there there he he was the catalyst of taking over in the second half there for Alabama and, and getting that win over Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean he he's dynamic. I think sometimes we see this with those Alabama pass rushers. We we talked about it with Will Anderson last year. Kind of took a little step back in that last year. Just wasn't quite as dynamic as you wanted. And teams start to key in on that position. I'm still pretty high on Dallas Turner. I still think he's a, a top 10-ish player in this draft. Will Anderson seems to be playing pretty well at the NFL level so far, too. So, Yeah, not not a bad deal. Who's, uh, who's the best defensive player you saw this week? I'm going TCU quarterback Josh Newton. We talked about him a bit last week, but he locked down uh, SMU receiver Jordan Curley, who's playing that Rasheed Rice role, so a big role in that offense. Uh, Curley had one kind of broken play, big play. Uh, outside of that, Newton locked him down, um, you know, batted down passes. He had an interception that he nearly returned for a touchdown. Just uh, really, you know, smooth athlete, more physical than I expected of him. I don't remember that from last year. So Newton's a player that uh, is going to be moving up my board here coming up. I like it. Uh, definitely a guy I look forward to watching at some point this season. I don't think I've watched TCU yet. I don't think I have. But uh, so look forward to seeing that. And uh, they they put the beats down on SMU a little bit the other night. I was kind of kind of surprised at, at the ease of which they won. All right, let's move on to uh, week five this week. Uh, not not quite the marquee matchups uh, that we had last week, but I think we still got some fun games. Uh, I'm kind of going off the box, off the rails a little bit with a couple of my games. I'm only gonna I'm only gonna have three. I'm only gonna have seven this week because I'm. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But I'm gonna be out of town all weekend, so not gonna have as much time to uh, to grind on the tape this weekend. But I'm gonna start uh, tomorrow night. CBS Sports Network at six thirty. Middle Tennessee at Western Kentucky, and I really like uh, the uh, quarterback receiver dynamic here for Western Kentucky. Austin Reed transferred up a couple of years ago from uh, D2 West Florida and has really just taken to 
the FBS level and is, is putting up big numbers at, at Western Kentucky. And his receiver, Malachi Corley, is a tremendous player and uh, puts up big numbers there as well. So that those two right there are worth watching for this game for me. Yeah, I think Corley has an outside shot to be a top 50 pick. Uh, I mean, he is a good size to him, physical, very productive, and is athletic for playing at Western Kentucky. It's definitely an interesting name to watch. Middle Tennessee, not not quite as highly thought of. I guess Trey Fluell in their safety is probably my favorite in the box special teams type uh, that maybe can sneak into the draft. So yeah, not a, not a whole lot there for the Blue Raiders, but uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Uh, Friday night, I'll be watching on ESPN at nine fifteen. Cincinnati at BYU. Uh, I haven't watched either of these teams this year. But my main focus here is on the guy you turned me on to the other day, or a few weeks ago, uh, BYU offensive tackle Kingsley Salmatea. Uh, look forward to him. And I also like their linebacker, Ben Bywater, as well, uh, as a guy I think can uh, be drafted at some point in the NFL. Uh, Cincinnati, the talent is down there this year, right? I think we can, we've seen that, especially offensively. They are struggling. Uh, only put up six on Oklahoma this past week, but they have a stud uh, on the interior of their defensive line and Dante Corleone. Yeah, he, he's good. He is disruptive. I'm excited to see what BYU does against him. Um, I also like Isaac Rex, BYU's tight end. Nice, you know, soft hands catcher is intriguing, maybe as, as kind of a, a taxi squad or practice squad NFL type of player. Um, and, and Tyler Batty, the, their edge rusher, Someone that I really liked as a true freshman kind of fell back. He's having a good year so far this season. So keep an eye on him too. I will do it. Um, 11 a.m. on Saturday, Shane, big noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, Colorado kind of got knocked back down to earth a little bit last week, right? Got just spanked by Oregon in a game that I watched. And uh, I, I don't know that they're going to meet the defensive resistance that they did last week. No, they're not. This, this week. <laughs> But uh, anxious to see how this goes. Is This is your second go at Caleb Williams. You watched him against San Jose State, I believe, in week zero. So you'll see Caleb Williams. I don't think he's going to meet much resistance from the Colorado defense uh, either. So this could be one of them uh, them shooty-out games there. Yeah, look, we got two good quarterbacks. I mean, I'll, I'll take any opportunity to watch Caleb Williams. So uh, just sign me up when I see that. USC game blank on our sheet. I, I'll, I'll jump to it. But, I mean, we'll see if Shadur Sanders on the other side uh, can match points. I mean, that's essentially what it's going to be. Can you match what Southern Cal's doing? Um, yeah, Southern Cal's defense isn't good. It, it isn't. They have a couple prospects that do stand out. Kalen Bullock, their three-year, third-year safety, is someone that, that kind of plays all over the place, sometimes overcompensates, trying to do too much. Uh, because he's one of the competent players on that defense. And uh, your boy Marshawn Lloyd, the South Carolina transfer, got the, the, the senior bowl Jim Nagy tweet uh, this week, had a big game last week. I think he's going to have another big game. I think he's he's taking the reins from Austin Jones on that running back spot. Tear to my eye, Shane. What could have been? But uh, do me a favor right quick. Uh, and we'll, You can do this from a – from a draft perspective, you can do it from a Devi perspective. Rank the Southern Cal wide receivers. How you view them? You do you want just the draft eligible ones, or 
Yeah, all the, the ones on our on our watch list. Draft list. Okay. Yeah, so I think I'd go Dorian Singer, um, the transfer from Arizona. You know, USC's been spreading the ball around, so it's tough. You know, no one's really stood out. I think I'd go with him. And then after that, I think it's really close. I think Mario Williams still, I like the physical talent. But Brendan Rice, uh, the son of Jerry Rice, has kind of been the lead receiver for them. So I think he's he's edging himself pretty close up there. And past that, you know, Tosh Washington's probably – next in line, but that probably those top three are, are it. There you go. Uh, 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus, Shane. Uh, you're going to see some Jackrabbit action. Yes. South Dakota State hosting North Dakota. Uh, mostly, I feel this is for the South Dakota State players is who you're focusing on. They've got a pair of wide receivers that are, I presume, twins. Uh, Jaden and Jackson Janky there. Uh, Zach Hines is a good tight end prospect, uh, and they've got a couple of offensive line prospects. Garrett Greenfield, the tight end, or offensive tackle, and uh, Mason McCormick's an interior offensive lineman. But uh, Donnie Ventrelli, I believe, North Dakota is a solid uh, prospect there at offensive tackle for uh, for the. Are they still the Fighting Sioux? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Ventrelli's an interesting, um, you know, interesting kind of move offensive tackle. Now the now the fighting hawks, by the way. I checked and I get it wrong. Um yeah, he's intriguing, but yeah, South Dakota State, man, they, they just have a ton of prospects. I love Isaiah Davis, their running back. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry so far this year, and he's he's sharing the, the workload there. Uh, I think they have two offensive linemen that can get drafted. You know, you mentioned Garrett Greenfield and Mason McCormick, the interior lineman. Um, I think I prefer Jackson. Janky, uh, from what I've seen so far, but we'll, we'll see if this game changes my mind. And, and Zach Haynes, their tight end, got hurt last year. He had an outside shot of getting drafted last year. So, I mean, we could see upwards of four South Dakota State players, you know, I, I think probably maybe six make an NFL roster. Both of the Janky brothers were on the Hulable roster last year, and I guess they just went back to school. But uh, so they, they're going to be, and I would assume they're both going to be on an all star game roster this year as well. Um, two thirty on CBS, Shane. Uh, you you finally come back to the SEC this week a little bit. Yes, you, you, yes. You, you, you have strayed, but you're back this week. Georgia at Auburn. Uh, I saw Georgia a couple of weeks ago, uh, so you're going to see them this week. Um, Nazir Stackhouse is a guy I think you were really high on coming in the season. Kind of struggles. Has one sack uh, that was against South Carolina earlier this year. Uh, what, what's been his story so far? Why is he kind of struggling out of the blocks? I, I think the whole Georgia team has struggled a little bit. You know, a lot of the guys that I thought were going to be all just, you know, we're going to have more high end Georgia prospects just haven't shown out. I think Stackhouse is a victim of that where he stayed at home against the run when they've struggled against running backs early. So it almost feels like, you know, when you have a dominant defense, you can pin your ears back and go. Someone else will get you, but that's not happening this year. So I think for him, even, even you know, some of the, the linebackers, Xavier Sori and Smell Mondin, those guys also I think are struggling a little bit. Uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson is a, a prospect, could be a day two linebacker who uh, maybe isn't, you know, breaking out here. So it's it's been a little rough going, I think, for the Georgia defenders. I'm interested to see if this is a game against Auburn where they can kind of get it back and maybe we flash some of the athleticism and high-end prospects. I know Georgia's had a, a run of running back prospects. I really like what I saw out of Dejan Edwards uh, against South Carolina a few weeks ago. 
Uh, Carson Beck, my, my initial reaction to him was game manager. Is that fair? Because that's what he kind of looked like to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair. I think it's what they're asking him to do, and that's why they're using Dejan Edwards uh, since he came back from injury so much. Not a – I mean, there's – Auburn's got some players uh, to, to look at. I know Eugene Asante, their linebacker, has kind of broke out the last few weeks. I know one player who's not it is quarterback Peyton Thorne. That dude's awful. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> Yo, I was just like, take to the so, heart there. Sorry. You know, it's, I'm just spitting the truth. I, when I watched them a few weeks ago against Kyle, I came away impressed with the FIU transfer at tight end, Rivaldo Fairweather. I thought he was a solid blocker and uh, offers a little bit, uh, offers enough in the passing game to maybe, you know, if he comes out this year to be drafted late. Uh, make an impact, and I think their best prospect. And tell me if you disagree. Is cornerback uh, DJ James? No, I, I think I agree with that. I think Nehemiah Pritchett, their other corner too, is up there. Um, and I like Zacchaeus Walker, their defensive lineman. But yeah, Pritchett, more more, uh, more defense. I think he just came back last week, right? He had missed the first first few games. Right. So we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. If he can do well against Georgia. Your other uh, foray into the Southeastern Conference this week will be LSU at Mississippi. That game's going to be 5 p.m. on ESPN, and it's going to piss off a lot of Alabama fans when it bleeds into that 8 o'clock p.m. window on ESPN. <laughs> Prepare for ESPN news, everybody, is all I'm just telling you, because that's where your game's going to start Saturday night. Uh, but LSU, I, I just don't know what to make of this team. Jaden Daniels has looked good, and then he hasn't. Malik Neighbors has looked great, and then he has it. What, what am I to think of this LSU football team? Um, I, you know, I, I think I think the defense has the juice. Um, I, I do. I, I think when you look at the interior defensive line, Makai Wingo, and now with uh, Mason Smith coming back for them after the Florida State suspension, like. Now, now it becomes a much harder defense. I think both those guys are legitimate first-round potential stud talents. Um, so I think that's kind of getting there, and the offense is getting there. Brian Thomas Jr., their wide receiver, I mean, he he looks really good, let alone Malik Neighbors, who's – he had a 200-yard game uh, recently. You know, those are two guys that are going to get drafted. Neighbors maybe in the first round potentially. So the talent's there. I think you just got to put it together. Thomas Jr. listed at 6'4", 210. That's tremendous size, and he can get down the field too. Um, so, yeah, I know, I know their corner, Deuce Chestnut, struggled uh, against Florida State. I don't know if he's bounced back or not. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the Rebels coming off just not a good performance against Alabama, to be to put it bluntly. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about Jackson Dart. He's tough. That's that's all I can say positively about Jackson. Yeah. He's tough. Yeah, I, I don't think he's an NFL prospect. It's funny, you know, a lot of the players on that offense that I thought, oh, maybe they have a shot to be NFL guys have kind of fallen off. But I do like Jeremy James, their interior lineman, maybe as a late round, uh late round guard that can pull in his own scheme. Has Zakari Franklin played? I don't I don't know if he has played. He was hurt. I think coming into the year, there were some questions with that. Um, yeah, it looks like he has one catch. Uh, he, he played last week against Alabama. That was his first game. So maybe he's finally working back in. I was yeah. uh, I was impressed with uh, 
the receiving ability of Ulysses uh, Bentley the fourth against Alabama. I thought he, he stood out in that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to play Spencer Sanders. It's just me. But I liked him last year. Yeah, um, yeah. Wrap it up now, 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. I will be watching South Carolina at Tennessee because if I'm only going to watch a handful of games, South Carolina is going to be one of the ones I'm going to watch. But I'll be more focused this week on the Tennessee prospect side of things. And we have, I guess that starts and stops with Joe Milton at quarterback. And can he show anything other than, hey, look, I can throw the ball 100 yards? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I he, he really took a hit for me, um, you know, recently. I was like, you know, the physical tools, we know what those are, but watching him against Florida and just just did not get it done to me in a way that made me feel like he was an NFL prospect. Uh, their offensive tackle, their left tackle, John Campbell Jr., that cat is fun to watch uh, out there on the uh, set, set, especially in the run game. Uh, they've got some linebackers on this team. I think they've got three linebackers that could all play in the NFL. Aaron Beasley, Bryson Eason, and the other – where, where is he at? Uh, uh, Roman Harrison. Yeah. All three of those guys, I think, could play uh, in the NFL. Yeah, f- funny. Tennessee, their defense, I think, has been part of the strength this year. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about from this game? No, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm excited to see if your your guys save your legged for South Carolina. Just, just keeping it going. He's still still, still leading the power still five up in stats. receiving yards. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see if, uh, if that happens been, again here. It's been fun to watch. I'll say that. been fun to watch. But that's going to do it for uh, our week five games, and we'll uh, see which come back next week and see which players uh, stood out to us from the seven contests. But now it's, it's money-making time, Shane, and we both made money last week. Jacksonville State easily hits the cover. UAB easily hits the cover for us both. So we we're both to the plus. We're both to the good now. Three and two. And I don't know about you, Shane, but I see a good thing. I keep riding that good thing. There you go. Jacksonville State has played four games, four and zero against the spread. The Fighting Rich Rods, Jacksonville State Gamecocks this week on the road Thursday night at Sam Houston State, whose offense has been horrid. They are switching to is it Gunnell, the guy, the quarter, former quarterback at North Texas. He's going to get the start this week, I believe, for Sam Houston. I don't think it matters. Jacksonville State, six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Sam Houston. Give me the Gamecocks of JSU, minus six-and-a-half, lock of the week. You might as well keep riding until, until they fall off, till it doesn't hit, right? I, you know, right. I, I wonder if – I'll never have time to do this study, but – when you see those teams move up from FCS to FBS, I wonder if Vegas takes a while to get a hold of how, how good they really are. You've seen that way last year with James Madison as well. I'll yeah. say that. Not anymore. <laughs> right, right. Not anymore. But uh, J- James Madison has, you know, has, was great last year. So I wonder if there's something to that. We should next year. We got to, got to keep an eye out for that. We will. I don't. I don't know who's transitioning up next year. I don't know. <laughs> Someone's got to be right. <laughs> you would think so. Conference USA has still got spots available. Yeah, right. Kennesaw State. Ah, that's a good team. That's a good team. We'll, we'll mark that down because they they run that goofy option too. So that might really catch people off guard. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited. I'm betting Kennesaw State hard. There we go. Who's your lock of the week this week, Shane? 
Like I'm going with I want a big forty point you know dog. I'm going with a close one and a half point game here. Give me Illinois plus one and a half at Purdue. I think Purdue is really really bad. <laughs> like I, I think Purdue they is they have is, they have struggled. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they have like and Illinois has too. I think both these teams are are pretty bad teams. But um, I mean Purdue barely beat Virginia Tech by a touchdown and, and every other game they've lost. Um, you know, they lost the last two by double digits. They got crushed by Wisconsin. Illinois at least has the defense, right? We know this. We're the NFL draft guys. They have the defense. They have Jerzon Newton. They have some offensive linemen. I think Galtmeyer's tough, uh, the quarterback for Illinois. I think they he kind of wills them to a victory, maybe rushing touchdown late to win the game. I, I like it. I'm, I'm going to hammer that. Illinois uh, plus one and a half. I also like Washington uh, at uh, minus 18 and a half at Arizona. I just, they are putting up bonkers numbers. And there's talk that Jaden Delora uh, might not play this week for Arizona. So get on it early, I guess. Get on it early. Get on it before that, before they take it down, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but no, Jacksonville State minus six and a half at Sam Houston tomorrow night. And Illinois plus one and a half uh, at Purdue on Saturday are the locks of the week. So everybody go make that money this week. I uh, I hit a three game parlay last week too, Shane. So yeah, look, you I, I I can't remember who. I think it was uh, Mississippi uh, that ruined my parlay. So thought they'd cover against Bama. I had uh, South Carolina minus six and a half. I had UAB your pick plus forty two and a half, and I had James Madison minus five and a half. Oh, so sick. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so uh, that's going to do it uh, this week. We uh, we're kind of keeping it like, so like I said uh, said earlier, I've got a uh, five a.m. flight to catch going to Chicago this weekend. Shane, tell me again about this. Uh, where, where have I got to go eat in uh, the Windy City? Right when I get off the plane. Look, my my thing, I it, it is a hardcore debate of what the best Chicago deep dish is. Um, and you know, I'm not a Chicago person, but uh, Lou Malnati's was my favorite. I tried a bunch of different ones back in college when I went there a couple times, and that was that was the best to me. So, so you got to try it. Let me know how it goes. Uh, Chicago deep dish is interesting. I'll say that. Three minute walk from the hotel is Lou Malnati's. I'll say that. Boom. So, locked it up. I'm also, my plan is also to go uh, to uh, Al's number one Italian beef so I can get one of those uh, hot dip sandwiches there that uh, they're also famous for. I, I, I'm i going to gain probably five to six pounds uh, in my three days there in Chicago, but it'll be all right. Worth we'll it. start working it back off next week. Yeah, worth it. All right. We didn't get any questions on Twitter or Discord or in the chat, so... Uh, Final thoughts this week, Shane. I dropped my new big board. Uh, ten wide. Re- I had ten wide receivers in the top fifty. That that's that that's wild. That, okay, it is a deep class if they all come out. So, I, I thought I thought an offensive uh, fantasy person like you would appreciate that. Yeah, like you know, I always stack up those offensive skill positions early, so I'm right there with you. I, I love it. Yeah, because. You, you tend to watch more of the uh, defensive guys and as, as you go along. So the, the, the list thins out as you go, and, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Of, I'm only at 125, so I haven't, haven't done the, 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 the full deep dive yet. Uh, you had a 2026 mock draft, Shane. What did we learn from that? 
Uh, Dante Moore, the quarterback for UCLA, who had a little bit of a rough go against Utah this past week, but uh, a legit NFL talent. Chip Kelly's offense, my number one overall player there. Uh, it's it's a good quarterback class, and it will be when we get to 2026. Yeah, I, I'm pumped for it. Uh, I, I really wish you could have had an opportunity to see Nicholas Harbor and, and put him on that list, but he hasn't played. I, look, I, I got I got a game talk on there, so you got to at least be happy about that. Who, who did you get on there? I, I, did I got that. an off, offensive tackle that. Uh, oh, oh, uh, been... tree. Yes, tree. He's, he's, he's good. He has played great. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that earlier when we recorded the Garnet Roost podcast. Uh, me and our, our good buddy Nino, uh, we talked about how their offensive line has done a complete one eighty. And I don't know if it was coincidence or not, but they put in the, the tree there at left tackle and, and the offensive line has, has turned around. So, but yeah, I, I really wish that, <laughs> well, you did have Harbor in there. How about that? Oh was, yeah. Yeah. He, I, he, he was, he was on the border for me. I think I, I slid him in there for you. Yeah, uh, there you go. I do appreciate that. But uh, I, I really uh, wish that they would find a way to get him on the field. Yeah. And, uh, we got, we got a, dis- we got a discord question. Uh-oh, if you we want, do. We, we, we do. Let's, so. let's, let's get it. Uh, here we go. Uh, with the reason first-round tight ends not being real dis- – dis- okay, so recent first-round tight ends have not been real big difference makers, I think is what he's going with here. Uh, do you think that hurts Brock Bowers uh, come draft day? You and I were uh, having a heated debate in our private chat about this. Um but, yes, I, th- I think it hurts him a little bit. I don't think teams are going to be like, wow, you know, Kyle Pitts is kind of stunk, so I'm not going to, you know, draft Brock Bowers high. I don't think they're going to do that. But I do think Brock Bowers isn't going to fit every offense. He's not that, you know, big blocking tight end. I think it'll be a mistake. I think he's going to be really good because he's such a good athlete and receiver. He's pretty much a big slot receiver that can run the football and and do all this. So I don't think we see top five Brock Bowers. You know, I think it's going to be more 10 to 20 where we see him come off the board. I did drop him down a little bit from my initial uh, big board rankings. I dropped him down just a a smidge uh, this week. But my question is more of, of – because like you said, he's going to have to – I think he's only going to work with certain teams that are willing to accept what he is as not a true tight end. And the size is what kind of – I think has kind of brought him down a little bit for me. Well, you, you you were talking Kyle Pitts when we were talking before, and that was that was influencing your your movement of him. He, he is going to be – I think Bowers just – That is, was more tongue-in-cheek uh, because I drafted uh, Kyle Pitts on my fantasy team, and he's stunk it up for – Four weeks, three weeks. Yeah, I got a couple of those. That um, this is it. Kyle Pitts always great in Europe, so this is going to be a big week. I'm not putting him back in my lineup. <laughs> I, I I picked Sam Laporta up off of waivers and oh yeah, well yeah, start Sam Laporta. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Uh, as always, like I said, you can uh, if you're new to the channel, please uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button on the vi- video there, and. Uh, Share them out and all that good stuff. If you're listening to this on the audio version of the podcast, uh, be it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to your audio podcasts, uh, share it out. Uh, give us a five-star review, all that good stuff. We, we do appreciate it. 
Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. You can follow Shane at Shane P. Howell and follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown and go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your NFL draft needs. For Shane, I'm Brian. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Thank you.